I don't, I don't, yeah, we should clap. All right, three, two, one. Close enough. All right. How's it going, Matt? <laughs> I like opening it up with something like that now, dude. Yeah. Um, we're kind of ahead of, ahead of the game right now. In what we, way? We really are. Um, we got we got recordings queued up. We got content, YouTube, Instagram, that's right, Twitter, Discord. Oh, huh? Tell me about the Discord. Tell you about the Discord, Lucas. What if I told you? All right, now, here, now stick with me on this one. All right, all right. See if you can follow me here. What if I told you there was a, a community out there? Community where one can be excited about video games, can share their opinions about not only video games, nay, but culture and what's going on in the world and how we can make the world a better place. What if I told you a place like that existed? Wow. And not only can you do all that, but maybe you want to share your games with your friends. Maybe you want to stream. Maybe you want to, I don't know, watch your favorite podcasters play Valorant together and um, yell at some Zoomies. What if I told you a place like that existed? Would you believe me? I would try and join as soon as I can. How do I join a community such as the Thanks for Playing Discord, Matthew? Oh, shit. Well, good thing we have a Thanks for Playing Discord. That's right, everybody. Um, thanks for playing. We have we have a Discord now. If you want to find it, you can go to our link tree, either on our Twitter or our Instagram at TFP Podcasts. That's TFP Podcast with an S at the end. Or here, I'll even, I'll even give you an impromptu third way you can join. Email us at thanksforplayingpod at gmail.com. And I, Matt Rockaby, will personally reply back to you with um, the link to join our Discord. So thanksforplayingpod at gmail.com or um, find our link tree with the Discord link at either Twitter or Instagram at TFP Podcasts. Um, awesome. No, no cap. Amazing. No cap. Um, I, I, the, the Discord's exciting. This yeah. is uh, revolutionary. The, the stats won't show this one, but it's going to be huge. <laughs> yeah, <Lucas>. yeah in, all, <laughs> in all seriousness, um, you know, I think that having the Discord is going to be a really great way to engage with everybody that listens to the show. Um, guys, join it. Talk to us. Um, we have video game suggestions going on in there. Um, we do have general voice channels, game chat. Uh, Matt and I are doing our nightly uh, gaming, whether it's Valorant, uh, League of Legends, uh, maybe even some TFT or some Melee thrown in there. We are doing those in the Thanks for Playing Discord. So come join us and hang out. Um, talk to us and let's get into some heated debates about video games. We love doing that. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. I'm excited. And even like just shoot the shit during the day. You know, I mean, Lucas and I both work corporate jobs where you just sit at our computers all day. So we might be on Discord. Um, you might be on Discord. And there's definitely an opportunity to come and uh, chat with us in the middle of the day while we complain about our nine to five jobs <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah. that brings us to today's topic of anything's possible matthew um this is a topic that i'm i'm really 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 passionate about i'm very excited to be talking about it today um for those of you that haven't read the episode title uh the future of education uh future of education specifically in regards to video games okay now, uh, this discussion that I want to have with you here, Matthew, um, I've actually written out several points I want to bring up today, um, a thesis, a premise, an argument that I want to bring up about the future of video games and the way they can educate people. Um, and I think uh, it's 
just a really, really amazing thing that we have to really start thinking about. Uh, most of the information I'm covering is going to be um, because of a lecture or you know through a lecture that was done by Jonathan Blow in July 2020. You can go on YouTube, type in Jonathan Blow, find his YouTube channel, very easily find this lecture he gave um, at, in, in July of 2020. Um, gave it from his house via like a Zoom webinar style. Uh, and talked about, uh, it was originally actually done for an interdisciplinary conference uh, that he did where he was, it wasn't a video game conference that he originally did this lecture at, but it was an interdisciplinary one um, where he was talking about specifically education with video games. He makes the argument about uh, video games being their, how they're a unique medium in many different ways. There's a very interesting way I want to discuss with you here, Matthew. Um, but you know, overall, it's just about the potential of education with video games. I think it's a really, really interesting thing. We've got to get this conversation started. What do you think? Daddy. Okay. Break it down. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> real quick, I'm, I'm excited for this cause I, I did watch the same lecture as Lucas. Um, and based off the little pre conversations Lucas and I did, I'm not sure it all clicked for me. Uh -huh. Right. I think uh, some of it was a little high level for, for old Matty boy over here. So yeah. uh, I, I'm excited to hear about this because I think when a lot of people think of education in games, they'll think of like the Re typing games Reader right? or like reader app or like the very basic games that just teach math, stuff like that. Yeah. But um, I'm really excited to dive more into kind of the more abstract ways that uh, games can educate us. So yeah. Awesome. Uh, I'm just going to jump into it, man. Uh, Jonathan Blow is one of the finest video game minds working today. Um, he's the creator of Braid. Braid, which famously kickstarted an era of indie gaming, uh, Xbox Live Marketplace, uh, indie game gems. Braid, I mean, we take it so for granted uh, what an indie game really is these days. Uh, you know, it had to start somewhere. You know, a small game had to break through the noise and be available to a wide audience at a non-AAA price, right? And accomplish something and cut through the noise. Braid did that arguably first, right? Um, it's a famous game. A lot of people know it. Um, I, don't, I don't know if a lot of people within this generation of gamers have really dove into that game. Um, I own it. <laughs> I haven't beaten it. Um, but I have owned, I do own and I have beaten Jonathan Blow's latest game, which is The Witness, released in 2016, which is a triple A puzzle solving game. Took me 100 hours to 100% that game, which I did, um, which <laughs> so much I haven't, uh, <laughs> excuse me, I, I, we haven't played that game yet. It's on the list. I've been trying to get Matt to play it literally for years, um, but it's, it's the finest artistic work ever created by human human hands in my opinion that's a bold statement and i will always stand by it because the witness is that important it's that good jonathan blow is that good at video games okay designing video games that is so anyway that's the context of me watching this lecture okay i'm already on the jonathan blow train love this guy i think he's brilliant and i'm, I'm watching this lecture right now the premise is Video games are their own unique medium. Now, I know we talk about video games as a medium quite a bit, both on this podcast and within the larger context of the video game community. But people out there, I want you to think long and hard. What makes a video game a video game? Okay, if I asked you that maybe 15 years ago, you'd probably have a little bit of a difficult time pinpointing what it was, what it is that makes a video game a video game. You might say, oh, well, it's sort of like something, a, a thing you interact with on your screen with the controller, 
right? Oh, it's like a movie that you're playing through. And in some video games, it does really just truly feel like a movie that you're playing through. Okay, some video games, at least some of the more, um, I'd say artistic ones are ones that are more cognizant of their role, their medium, do things that are more very clever that are kind of outside of what we've seen before that are really pushing the medium. Cut to Undertale, Journey, right? Or even something like Oxenfree. Video games yeah. that are giving you choices, yes, playing out like a, like a standard narrative, but doing it in only the way a video game can do it. Would you agree, Matt? Yeah, the interactivity, right? Yeah. So the interactivity of a video game is very important. That's oh, that's that's one of the things that we view as unique to the medium. Okay, uh, I'm very interested in medium specificity. Um, that's the idea that different mediums have their own very specific things that create the essence of that medium. Right. So, what is a film? What are the what is the essence of like an album, what is the essence of a novel or writing or a play? How is it different? How are those things different from each other? You know, and, you know, I don't know, it, it, this is a quick aside, but when you ride those lines, you start getting really interesting things like, can this movie or, or can this video game be adapted into a movie and could it work? Usually it's a no. And there's a reason, right? That's because it's a video game. It's experienced and taken in differently to the human being than a movie is. So the movie's not gonna work as well. It's beyond the story. You cannot just simply adapt it, okay? Gotta have a video game movie episode of Anything's Possible pretty soon. <laughs> just puts me on that ball, just as a quick aside. Anyway, Jonathan Blow, exploring the ideas of what makes a video game unique to other mediums. Point number one, video games are really great at communicating non-linguistic ideas to their audience. Ideas that go into the brain of somebody playing a video game that did not come in through written text or written word. Um, some examples of this, Matt, um, are, you know, I, I'll just do it like this. I've been playing a lot of League of Legends, you know, and there's a lot of subtleties to that game that are not outright in the instruction manual if there is an instruction manual, right? There's subtleties yeah, that there, there's right? <laughs> there's subtleties to the game that are you know you they're, have they're to not learn that's not explained in the tutorial, right? Exactly, not explained in the tutorial or within the first you know thirty levels or whatever it takes. Um, you know there there are things in video games that are communicated to you through the interactions you have with the game itself, right? So um, one example I can give is like let's take. Uh, Let's take Super Smash Bros. Melee. We always use that as an example for games because we happen to play that game at a pretty high level, right? So <laughs> I could <laughs> I, I could read, I can like read a manual on how to wave dash, right? You have to push jump button and then diagonal to the down left or down right while pushing the trigger button in a fast enough fashion that's within, you know, 10 frames of this timing window, and then you will slide backwards at a angle, at a speed, at this rate, right? If I were to read how to wave dash in a very manual style way, like a textbook, I would never learn how to do it, okay? You just couldn't, okay? The, the essence of what it takes to do it, it can only be learned through the interaction with the system, the timing, the feel, the game feel of it, the way you do it, it's all felt through your fingers and through your brain. Right. So Jonathan Blow's specific example is, let's say you were teaching somebody how to farm. You can't read books on how to farm. You have to farm to learn how to do it. Right. So there are complex systems and ideas that emerge within the human experience that must be interacted with to learn. And those 
is what he claims are the non-linguistic ideas that video games communicate very well. So like the, the unspoken w rules of the world, kind of. Yes. It's, systems are very, very complex, right? And in video games, there's physics systems, there's interactions with certain items, there's unspoken rules, uh, like things about recoil. Let's take Valorant recoil, for example, or CSGO recoil, for those of you that play CSGO, okay? Every single gun has a unique recoil. You can read all about how to control the gun recoil, but you can only do it by actually doing it. You can only learn to do that by actually doing it. And that everything in life really comes down to, to it being like that. There, there are precise facts that we must learn in school, things about history, math, and science that have to be, that have to be taken in through some sort of linguistic medium, through some sort of textbook, sometimes, right? But the interacting and the learning is a great, great way to learn systems without having to read about them. If that makes sense and for our audience because i mean it's a pretty broad word how, how exactly would you describe systems in this context so systems is um you know it's kind of a vague term i'll admit um i'd say systems are you know certain things when variables interact with each other in certain ways that can be predictable or unpredictable mostly um well depending on your level of mastery of said system can be hopefully predictable Right, so let's take uh, a real life example. I already brought one up, like farming, right? There's a whole bunch of systems that are interacting and a whole bunch of variables contributing to what you do when you're a farmer. It has to do with the weather, has to do with your tools, has to do with what day it is, what season it is, how much help you have on hand, uh, whether your tractor's working that day or not, right? Or whether there's all these different variables inside of that system that you have to master and understand in order to master that system. Okay. So understanding systems is understanding how variables within the context of that world or that situation interact. Yes. For example, how understanding that the day being a little bit cloudier than yesterday might affect how you farm that day. Exactly, exactly. Or what season it is. And you have experience within the system so you can right. make a call on what the most optimal thing to do is because you've lived in that system. Right. right? Now, m many of you, hopefully I didn't lose too many of you, but wondering how farming is tied to video games at all. But the truth is, is that something like a, a large variable driven set of skills, such as what I just brought up, like farming, is is in a sense, in essence, not too far off from something as complex and variable as like a game of League of Legends, right? Where you're playing League and you say, okay, I see the jungler top, we killed their bot lane. My experience within the system tells me that we should do dragon right now. You know, it's 10 minutes, free, let's do it. Free drag. You and there's ping, not a game manual that necessarily says this is when you do dragon, right? There's a best practices rule book that you, that's a loose set of ideas that are like driven by the community. But ultimately, it's experience that's driving this system that you have, that you developed over the, over the course of developing the, the system and understanding its variables, right? So... Okay, I'm getting far in on the systems <laughs> variables thing. But the point being, video games are really good at communicating, uh, non-linguistically communicating the ideas of a system to you, the gamer. Okay, there's a ton that happens. There's a ton of learning that is happening when you're playing a video game. I just want everybody to understand that we all know that, but I'm framing it here. Okay, now because of this, Video games can stand out as their own medium that has a potential for a lot more than what they do right now. So movies, books, music, albums, uh, you know, plays, all these other art mediums, visual arts, paintings, 
uh, collages, all that stuff is really, they're all about communicating ideas to you, right? Video games are communicating, again, certain, not every video game does this, but many video games communicate variables to you that you must then understand and output, input, understand, and then output it back into the system. That's what makes them unique, okay? So because of that, there is learning happening every single step of the way you're interacting with a complex video game, like a Valorant, like a TFT, like a Melee, right? You follow Sorry, me? I, was, I thought that was rhetorical. Okay, okay cool, cool. <laughs> okay, so number three, this is all just one big premise. Video games, what they're doing is they're tapping into the deep human desire to learn, okay? Every human being, I don't care who you are, you have an innate desire to want to learn. That is what makes a human being a human being. We adjust, we adapt. What's the meme? Adapt, overcome. Well, you know what they say, Lucas? Curiosity uh, killed the cat. Okay, it's not, okay. <laughs> it's not, it's not the, the human trait uh, is that we're great at adapting and we're great, yeah. therefore we're great at learning. Okay, so great video games, the ones that are designed well, they tap into that in a good way. Okay, you learn the game as you're playing it. Um, you know, I'm cutting to a game like The Witness, which it's hard, it's hard to talk about this kind of idea. Like the, the Witness, I can't understate, is really good at exemplifying these types of ideas um, where you're communicating puzzle ideas to the, to the gaming audience non-verbally. Um, anyway, wouldn't you agree, Matt, that everybody has a deep desire to learn? Every human being. It's just in, it's in us. I mean, yeah, even if it's not like, even if you don't consider yourself a scholar, and whether it's apparent to you or not, you're still driven by the the want and the yearning to learn, right? Whether that's learning about people, learning about friendships, learning about whatever. We we grow and we interact every day by learning and taking new information. It's just inherent to who we are. That's right. Um, I'll just give a really down-home example. Like take cooking, for instance. There's a million things to learn about cooking. Okay, Matt, I know that you just tried to do some chicken tonight um, and you learned something. I did. Right? So now, <laughs> now, uh, I don't know, you want to explain what, what happened? or uh, I made this dish before. I just didn't use a deep enough pan. So like the chicken juice, when I took it out of the oven, just it got fell everywhere. and it was just, just a mess. Then okay. I had to call Lucas. Uh, what, got, what, got delay. What'd you, what'd you learn? <laughs> um, I learned to use a deeper pan. Okay. When I, when there I we go. A certain chicken. So you you were interacting with a system of cooking, which included marinating your chicken for a certain amount of time, putting it in at a certain temperature, putting it in a very specific pan, and then taking it out and, and eating your chicken. But you've now experienced something that will change the way you interact with that system later. Okay, so you learned. And naturally, whether you're doing it purposely or not, you will learn when you're interacting with said system. Okay? So anyway, we want to learn. Uh, what school currently does, I'm going to jump to the educational system for a sec here. Uh, and this is all part of the argument, I swear. Uh, what, what is done a lot in school settings nowadays is that people are rewarded for learning. People are rewarded by, you know, gold stars and, uh, you know, awards for kids of all kinds, reading awards and stuff like that. Um, grades are a form of this as well, which, you know, uh, that's a whole nother conversation. I'm, I'm not ready to tackle the educational system as a whole, but just know that's a whole nother episode. And that's a whole nother field of expertise that you could be de that's debated over and over and over again. But bottom line is we're, we currently have a gamified way of rewarding uh, educational instincts within children. Right. And, and, you know, across the board, I mean, college is the same way and 
all throughout your whole career. It's all about getting rewarded for, for learning, right? As opposed to, and this is gonna be an anecdotal example, for me, when I learn the best is when I'm genuinely interested in learning that subject. It has nothing to do with the grade. I just like the process of learning the specific subject. I'm not sure if you ever had that, Matthew. Have you ever had that? Yeah, I mean, inherently, if you're more interested, you're gonna be more inclined to want to learn. I mean, everyone's experienced that. Yeah, I I like particularly in high school. I loved geometry. I just really liked proofs. I really liked solving them. I I know some people are probably wincing at, at the podcast episode right now, but I just for some reason just it clicked with me. I I understood yeah. it. It was physical. Um, it was about area and like volume and all this stuff just made so much sense. So. When I did my geometry homework, it was easy, it was fast, and I aced it and it was fine, right? It, it, the grade was the reward for doing so, but it felt good to learn that system, okay? So anyway, deep desire to learn, learning feels good, okay? Right now, there are educational video games, and when you brought it up earlier, I when I was younger, I used to play Reader Rabbit on our CD-ROM Windows 95 computer, before I could even read, I was just playing games where you like match tiles up with colors or shapes with shapes and all that, you know, kitty stuff. Uh, and it was foundational and it was helpful, I think. Um, Cause I, when I went into preschool, I was the smartest kid in that freaking preschool. But that is the current way video games are thought of from an educational standpoint, okay? It's the standpoint that, okay, this is teaching what school would teach you. This is getting you. This is getting children to. It's learn just what, taking the school and putting it in a video game format. Exactly, exactly, and then rewarding them with like a nice noise or eye candy or ear candy. Uh, so it's tapping into. It's it's sort of creating this like. It, it's tapping into the wrong part of the brain where it's not getting people to want to learn or get people excited about learning. It's getting them excited about the eye candy and the like Pavlovian like way that they're learning which is oh like i matched that shape with that shape and a ding went off on my computer screen so that feels good uh rather than the true instinct for learning okay now let's take let's take all these eggs uh, all these premises that i put up here video games are really good at educating non-linguistic non ideas to the audience because of this video games are able to stand on their own as their own medium with the potential for a lot more than what they do now currently Video, educational video games are viewed as the video games that have transferred the way we learn in school, which is the absorption of linguistic ideas via textbooks and lecture onto a screen for a video game, okay? Uh, and rewarding people with, you know, external rewards outside of just wanting to learn anyway. Yes. Uh, and also every human being does have the deep desire to learn, okay? We could agree on all those premises. Video games, here's the claim. Video games ultimately are really, really great at teaching what we call systems literacy. This is an idea that Jonathan Blow brings forth in the lecture, okay? Systems literacy is you know, the understanding, the instinct of understanding a system that is communicated to you via all these different ways. Okay, and I, this isn't to say that you know, reading a textbook or taking in something in the traditional way is the wrong way to learn or a bad way to learn. What it is to say is that in combination with having the instinct to learn systems and using traditional methods like textbooks and lecture is going to create a better educational experience for the youth and the future, okay? Now, diving into systems literacy real quick. The world increasingly, increasingly is being run on systems, okay? Everything 
is like a system these days, right? So, I mean, if you jump into a new job or, you know, you're, you're a nine to fiver and you want to jump into a new job, luckily that new job uses the Microsoft, Microsoft suite, you know, that yeah. system, right? You know, the ins and outs of how to send an email through Outlook, how to use the calendar there, OneNote, OneDrive, all of the Microsoft suite stuff. So you're good there. But what if your company is using a different business suite? Okay. Like a G suite. Now, you don't know the specifics of that system, but you know enough about systems, you know enough about the overall business suite of something to grab and latch onto everything you need to know within a very short period of time, okay? So you learn the systems of one thing and what should be a different system is very, very easy to latch onto, okay? So, in, and that's just one example, very, very clear cut of what we might do in our nine to five jobs. but. Uh, it's tax season. How many people have done their taxes? There's a whole system of technology that helps you with your taxes. How do you navigate that? Uh, there are bureaucratic, uh, bureaucratic walls that you may have to pass through. You understand that there's people you may need to call. There's debate over what you have to do. There's a whole system of taxation and bureaucratic shit that you have to get through that you picked up on that you know how to navigate because you have systems literacy. Dilusia. Nah, I was just gonna say or use TurboTax, but <laughs> but that's a system too. You have to understand. Yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. I, I know it's like weird because it's like a game, like this weird gamified website that you just kind of go to and they just basically do everything for you. But you have to make choices. You have to know where to go. You have to like, and it's gonna sound like a real abstract way, but it's like you have to know the decisions that need to be made on that thing to make it work. Okay, in a sense, making it a very far removed cousin of a video game you know and it's even gamified in a way right where the bar goes up and you're like shit did i make the wrong choice i check off the rock right box can i go back <laughs> and say that i actually didn't want to report that as income and then get a better return like there are like feelings that hit you even when you're doing something like your taxes that yeah. have the same exact feeling that would hit you when you're playing a video game yes can we agree on that okay so anyway Systems literacy, increasingly important to this world that we're going to be living in, which is being run on systems more and more every year. Um, understanding the back end, understanding how things operate is really, really important. So teaching people the instincts for picking up these things is ultimately the best thing. It's a new form of learning how to learn, right? So college is really is good at teaching people how to think, Sometimes what to think, right? <laughs> there's, all, there's all sorts of debates on that. But one thing that I really got out of my college experience was that I learned, I feel like I learned how to think. I feel like I learned how to digest ideas, create arguments, write papers. It was in the form of writing papers, but that's how you kind of create arguments, create criticism, and think about things that are bigger, right? The new order is going to be learning how systems interact with each other, how they connect with things. Um, because technology is taking over and you're not only going to have Microsoft Suite and the G Suite, but you're going to have a bunch of other suites and you're going to have a bunch of tools for those suites that interact with them in very specific ways. And now Excel is useless. And there's this other thing that's kind of like Excel, but you know how to use that other thing. So now you know how to use this thing and they connect to each other and everything's just going to be kind of slowly connecting and interacting with each other. So you have to understand how this whole system works. But me and you, Grew up playing video games, so we understand how this shit works. We are the apex predators. <laughs> okay, uh, I've been talking. I've been talking. <laughs> um, 
Uh, I've been listening. What do you think? Systems literacy, education, non-linguistics ideas. Uh, how are we feeling about it? So, it it's fascinating, I think, because it's incredibly abstract, right? Yeah. Um, because I'm trying to. When you think about, I mean, something like systems literacy, I mean, there's not like a specific, you know, maybe lesson plan you follow, right? There's not a specific rule book you follow. It's things that you pick up on as you live and as you experience things and operate within different environments, right? Um, even something, in my opinion, like as simple as like, let's say you transferred to a new school, you have to learn how to operate within that new system, those new social dynamics. These are all the systems that were, correct me if I'm wrong, but like those could be applied as systems in this context. Am I right? I guess those are social systems, but in social a way, systems. right, they probably have patterns that are relevant from the old sure. system. And it's interesting because the only way you can accumulate experience of those things is going on, you know actually experiencing new systems right and one of the best ways you can experience new systems and experience new worlds and um new environments is you know through video games and interacting with those video games because you might be arguing you know oh well maybe you can just learn about new worlds in movies or books or television what have you or plays and you know unless you're reading goosebumps um <laughs> You're not learning you're, a lot unless you're reading Goosebumps. No, unless you're reading like the Goosebumps Choose Your Own Adventure or like watching Netflix's Bandersnatch. You're not really interacting with those worlds at all. You're not learning the systems of that world. You're simply digesting a narrative um, and observing a system. You're not interacting with a system. And by you know playing video games, we can kind of start to understand better how to problem solve and how to interact in different worlds we're not used to, you know, um, like a great example, like is, you know, understanding, and he, this, I know this is an example he used in his, um, in his lecture was like, if you're playing PUBG, you know, you, you, you intuitively learn and begin to understand that, Oh, the AK 47 has, um, you know, has a lot of recoil and it's not great over range versus like the M4, M16, whatever is better at shorter or longer range because less recoil and things like that. And I mean, if you try to explain like the semantics of that within a book, right, it'd be like incredibly hard to understand. But when you intuitively feel it and understand it, it's much simpler. Um, and then, yeah, again, it's very abstract and hard to dig into. But I think the most important thing, like what I took away from it the most is that in the very beginning of the lecture, he mentions how humans, we all, everyone has their own way they favor learning, right? Maybe some people do prefer more textbook style learning. Maybe people, some, per, some people prefer visual, some prefer hands-on, but like kind of the agreement and the, you know, I think scientific consensus as well is that a combination of all these is the best way to learn. Totally. Right. Totally. And I mean, obviously, because I mean, it's so abstract, like, systems literacy and, you know, improving your skills and being able to adapt to new environments. I mean, if you, it's not like if you play, um, you know, an, an electrical engineering simulator where you're, you know, messing with circuit boards, you're not going to be able to go pick that up and do that properly in, you know, right. in real life and a real job. But that, that, you know, game, that simulation where you're um, playing with these circuit boards and then, you know, that combined with your proper or not proper, but excuse me, your, um, traditional education via school and internships, co-ops, what have you, 
that all combined can make you more strong, stronger and more prepared for, you know, that's right. Real, the real world. Because I mean, just because you're textbook smart and things like that doesn't mean you're going to be able to as easily problem solve and apply what you've learned once you get into the real world. And I think interacting with these worlds we don't understand via video games and these nonlinear worlds in particular is what will really kind of help us um, help us grow and help us digest things more easily as we enter, you know, different environments, different whatever, right? Yeah, as things become more increasingly, increasingly abstract within our world altogether, right? So, yeah. you know, me and you are maybe three or four layers removed from, you know, where, where a dollar might get made or where work really like moves forward in this world, you know, because we're remote workers working on a computer. We do a thing that affects a thing that affects a thing that does a thing where somebody makes something happen. Right. And that's not devaluing our jobs, right? Like everybody is valuable, but there's so many layers between what we do that you have to refer to it as a system. Right. And like think so many variables that when you zoom out are interacting with each other on such a large scale that that is just simply how the world is now. Um, and it's only going to get even more far removed. Um, the more there's automation, there's more there's a need for people to understand that automation and, and know how that affects this. And, you know, I know we're speaking it in very nonspecific ways, but it's because it's coming and it's not it's not necessarily all here yet, but it will it will more so be here sooner than later. Yeah, one of the I love the he even like acknowledges how like in this lecture how nothing he's saying is concrete and he gives this great analogy of like how language forms over time, but how like well someone has to do it right, and right now we're just drawing the pictures that will eventually turn into a language. So yeah, exactly. I yeah. mean, we may be fifty years out before this becomes a discipline, right? We may be a hundred years out, but it's important to start setting those foundations so they can eventually be more appropriately integrated into maybe even traditional education at some point, right? Yeah, yeah. I always wonder if something like a uh, like Tetris makes somebody better at packing a moving truck, right? Right, and, yeah. And I think it, you know, I, I think it does. I truly do believe that, like, even though one is such a, a minimal, like, representation of what it is to pack something, Tetris, at the end of the day, is a packing problem, yes. right? And understanding how a shape fits into a thing in an abstract way will help you develop the instinct in your mind to make you better at packing something. And packing something is a valuable, real-life, empirically validated skill that you're not just going to use when you're moving, but when you're doing other things. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that's that ultimately is, is kind of the point here is that that stuff really does help and it really does matter. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's be specific to we're not talking about, I mean, all these games do have their value, obviously, in their own place in in um, our worlds we're not talking about for this specific conversation we're not talking about games like call of duty or like spec ops the line even like these very linear games we're thinking more along the lines of say something like you know like like PUBG, how i mentioned or even something like fortnite where there's not a specifically like a strict manual or a strict um anything you're following you know maybe something like runescape like world of warcraft where you're interacting in this non-linear world we're kind of left to discover and understand and develop your own strategies on your own. That's right. And then maybe when you, you know, you, that, those, that kind of formative thinking and having to think for yourself in that sense and not being just spoon fed, here's what you do in a linear fashion that can help us later on in life too. Because I mean, nothing about our lives today is linear. 
right? Right. We don't do anything in a set fashion per se, right? Everything's always changing. Everything's always moving and the world's always changing. So we need to be able to adapt with it and adapt to whatever new systems develop or are evolved um, from what we already have. That's right. And and video games give you a safe space to actually experiment with ideas and try them and develop the experimental urge that a human being has, you know? So um, you might be playing Apex Legends and you go like, oh, okay, I'm gonna try out this gun today. I'm gonna try out the Volt today. Um, and you try it and you have a you know close range fight and then you get killed by somebody with a shotgun. And you're like, okay, maybe that wasn't the best gun for that specific situation. Um, there's not gonna be a situation in real life where you're gonna have to go have a Volt and go up against uh, you know, a Gibraltar with a shotgun. Uh, there's just never gonna be that sort of situation, but you just developed your instinct to see something, try something, have a hypothesis, experiment, and then form a conclusion. You're basically short microcosm scientific methoding your system, your, your video game world right then and there. And developing that within people is really, really important because truly life is made out of so many scientific method experiments like your chicken tonight. Not that that was an experiment, but but <laughs> cooking is full of that. Uh, just in general, yeah. I, know. I know I'm just yeah. I'm giving you crap for the chicken, but yeah. I I know you cook the same chicken. How how did it turn out? It turned out really good, actually. Um, right. I did it uh, slow and low. Uh, kept it at about like two fifty to three hundred uh, for like an hour and a half till it hit about one sixty on the inside, and uh, took it out, and it it tasted really great. <laughs> Didn't yeah. dry it up too much. Uh, one sixty. Gotta go one sixty five, King. Oh, oh no. Am I gonna? Fuck. That's an experiment. <laughs> We're gonna see what's gonna happen. Wake up with the shits tomorrow. <laughs> um, damn. Yeah. I mean, I think conversations like this are important too because while it is so abstract, at least I think now just thinking about these things will help. And forever, hopefully, whoever listens to this podcast will encourage you to think a little bit more critically about how we can, you know, engage in systems in a, you know, non. Um, what's the word? In a safe environment, right? And I mean, video games are the best example to do that because, I mean, you bring a knife to a gunfight in, in Fortnite. All right, it's chill. You spawn again. You, you, know, you bring a knife <laughs> to a gunfight. Well, experiment but, gone wrong. Experiment gone wrong. That's um, right. Yeah. Do you have Do you have anything else you want to add on to that? No, no. Um, just I mean, to wrap it all up, everybody, uh, check out this. Uh, you know, this is a very abridged version of of the lecture the lecture is like two and a half hours with the q a section near the end so it's quite a long one there's more specific examples that we haven't brought up and it's all visual as well so there's you know concrete examples of and animations and actual (laughs) you know visual cues of what jonathan blow is really talking about so if you're at all interested in the conversation we're having uh definitely find uh, jonathan blow's video i believe it's called uh talk colon the education and the future future of education in video games or something like that. Find it on his YouTube channel. Um, yeah, that is uh, that is me finally getting off my soapbox. Thank you for listening to me <laughs> and indulging me tonight, Matthew. Of course, King. And as, as we've learned, I think from today, video games are pretty incredible and have a lot of applications that we probably haven't even thought of yet. So exciting stuff. Yeah. And uh, do you have anything else you'd like to add? No, I got nothing. Go ahead and sign us off. As always, everyone, remember, anything's possible.